0: I love it. So you identified yourself as, how do you identify yourself? I'm a fighter. You're a fighter. Okay, cool. Fighters are fighting a fight. And I'm curious as to building life around the energy of fighting. Esco Wilson, and this is The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle designer and performance coach, and I've helped hundreds of professionals learn how to tap into the power of their innate potential and thrive on a whole new level. I've seen lives change, I've seen my own life change, and I want to help more people. That's what this podcast is all about bringing my own experience together with scientific principles and holistic practices to help listeners enhance their personal and professional performance. In each episode, I guide my guests through a difficult issue or challenge. And through the Mind-Body-Spirit Connection, we will expand what's possible. So, the story I want to share for today's episode is a story about karma and being in a karmic loop. There was a moment in my drug dealing career, if that's what we want to call it, where I actually retired. This was the transition from 1999. I was done. I was burnt out. I was in what might be considered a depression. And that's where I was. I was investigated by undercover cops with video and audio surveillance. My house was raided out by the cops. I was incarcerated. My assets are seized, was robbed at gunpoint. I had clients OD and people I cared about got hurt and somebody that I knew got murdered. I'm in this graduate degree program. I have a 4.0 GPA. I'm successfully winning debates against my professors in class. I'm getting internships thrown my way. And yet, all I really wanted deep inside was to get back into this struggle of being a drug dealer. The idea of being a drug dealer turned business mogul was my addiction. It drove almost every decision in my early 20s nothing else mattered. I was overwhelmed by this self-concept. I had single-minded focus. And that led to blind spots, to various opportunities that are right in front of me. So I'm 24, 25, I'm in this graduate degree program, and I have an opportunity to shift life trajectory, create something new and promising and legal. But I sabotaged it because I was addicted to this idea of being a successful drug dealer. And while agreeing to terms on the internship, I was simultaneously putting everything in motion to reignite my drug operation. This time, I would do it real big. This time, I would have a crew. No more lone wolf. These ideas made my heart pound passionately. This was the dream that I wanted to manifest. No other perspectives on developing fulfillment in life mattered to me. I was destined to crash into the mountain directly in front of me. Every signal said, turn, adjust, don't go in this path. But I was addicted to this persona. This young, clever kid was gonna turn this drug operation into a business empire. Multiple millions close to a billion like delusional way out there in the clouds very addicted to that story Of who I was trying to become And ultimately that single-minded focus led to my demise I invited Veronica to the podcast today because she's trying to move forward and expand her life experiences in new ways. The problem is her dominant internal identity is programmed to address challenges and opportunities in a very specific way, a way that has gotten her very far, but it may not be enough to manifest Transcendency. And that's what I'm here to provide. And that's why I want to work with her. And let's see what happens. Okay, can you hear me, Veronica?
1: I can hear you well.
0: All right, cool. So close your eyes, take a comfortable seat. This is allowing us to regulate. We want to shift gears, but we want to shift the modality the vehicle for communication and interaction. I'm just taking a moment of silence In that moment of silence, what do you notice about yourself?
1: I notice the calmness.
0: What do you notice about your body in these moments of silence?:
1: My nervous system is very relaxed.
0: I want you to adjust the posture of your feet the alignment of your ankle to knee, knee to hip, your spine. I want you to adjust your relationship, your shoulder girdle to ribs, your arms to your wrists, your hands. Take your largest inhale, comfortable, smooth. And then the exhale is heavy, let it be loose. Let it be seamless, smooth. Allow your body to control this process of realignment and adjustment. Watch what your body does. Go past the skin, go past the muscle, go past the nervous system. Contemplate like trigger mechanisms that turn the nervous system on. So, not the nervous system, but what turns the nervous system on and off in its fascinating way. Allow yourself to watch. So, silence, yes, but not necessarily stillness. We allowed for movement, but movement for realignment and adjustment. When you're ready, share your experience.
1: So, my experience with the breathing technique and visualizing the different stages, or I'm sorry, not stages, but different layers that I'm going through in my body helps me understand what are certain triggers in my life and how to be more resilient mentally and not allowing those triggers to affect my nervous system, which then impacts the other physical layers in my body.
0: The word resilient can have many meanings. What does that mean to you in this situation, the word resilient?
1: I think resiliency means different things for many people. For me, resiliency, it's more of how do you Learn how to control the brain in a calm manner that allows you to focus on one specific goal. And that has always been very, very hard for me. I always feel like I have to have a lot of things up in the air going on. That's kind of the only way I know how to operate.
0: I'm here helping you to explore this word, this concept, resiliency, and I'm doing that for a very specific reason. What if the secret path or the magical path or the transformative approach to help you address the life that you're living in a very organized fashion has nothing to do with resiliency? What if it requires a completely different approach?
1: Okay. So maybe because I'm a fighter in that way, and I think you need resiliency for the majority of things in life. So if you don't need resiliency, what would you need?
0: I love it. So you identified yourself as, what'd you, how do you identify yourself? I'm a fighter. You're a fighter. Okay, cool. Fighters are fighting a fight. And I'm curious as to building life around the energy of fighting. Like, who are you fighting against? Who's fighting against you? Who's your opponent? Who's your enemy? What makes them an enemy? This is what comes to my mind. And just so you understand, I do not want to come across as judgmental. I can be the biggest, baddest, roughest fighter of them all. I've done that. I can tap into that energy, but yet and still, I want the fighter to be my partner, that part that's inside of me, but I'm not trying to let the fighter be my core identity. What do you hear me saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the word fighter doesn't sound peaceful.
0: And what do you think happens to the body on a cellular level when it's systemically in a sympathetic drive, a sympathetic overload. Even if it's subtle, but this every cell in your body is on the frying pan all the time. What do you think happens to the body?
1: I mean, you're you're burning it. You're depleting its energy emotionally and mentally.
0: Mm. Before I go any deeper, okay? Let us know about your physical situation. How do you feel in your body about you know pain or yeah. injuries or inflammation? Talk to me about your physiological state of being.
1: So I've always been someone who's very active in sports, but I do see myself in the past couple of years with less strength, less determination, not the similar hunger that I used to have. Um, I find it very challenging Even with some of the arthritis that I have now, which makes me mad in some ways because I don't want to feel weak and I still want to do the things that I enjoy doing. But now I feel like I have to learn how to alter the type of workouts I do or alter the time I dedicate to those things so that I can have more of a sustainable lifestyle. I've had to sometimes even take Ambien just to stop my mind from like running or even, you know, anti-anxiety pills. I had many mentors in my life tell me that you should try meditation. People used to give me like CDs on it, workout videos on type of meditation. And I just was never interested. I was like, oh my God. If I'm not sweating, this is doing nothing for me. And it wasn't really until I started taking your class with this, you know, moving type of yoga, breathing, spiritualness, meditative style that I was able to embrace it with an open heart and be like, okay, why don't you give it a try?
0: Yeah. I love it. So,
1: yeah. And, mm-hmm, and you know, it made me think about the whole fighter image that I actually was like portraying in my mind. I think I was also trying to say that I'm, I'm more of a survivor and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up. And I never want to get to the point as we get older that we give up because we, we can't do something. We can't accomplish something. So that's a little bit of a fear of mine as we get older.
0: And what I'm hearing is, well, there's a rationale for the fighter. The fighter is protecting, protecting a part of me that is scared. And as I get older, things will be more challenging. Accomplishments will not be readily available for me. So the fighter shows up with aggression. The fighter shows up with this focus trying to not just attack everything, but accomplish many, many things, burn a lot of energy, always alert, always ready to defend itself. That's what I'm hearing. As we age, there's this beautiful thing called wisdom from experience, the ability to go back into our history, our legacy, look at various mental models, pull them apart, reshape them, reconfigure them, create a different model for the situation that's at hand.
1: In some ways, instead of just accepting it, I end up kind of beating myself up. And I'm a quite impatient person with myself. And when it comes to, you know, people that I may work with, because I raise the bar quite high. What do you do? I'm in finance.
0: Mm -hmm. How long you been in finance?
1: My entire career since 1999 and i started uh working downtown manhattan near wall street so working downtown is you know very symbolic in my heart especially after september 11th happening
0: so Veronica had a very traumatic experience with 9-11 as millions of people can probably share in her experience around 9-11. And how does she protect herself? How does she continue to perform in an industry that maybe initially cared and was somewhat compassionate and empathetic to the trauma narratives of the professionals involved with impacted heavily by 9-11. But at some point, I think we all can safely assume we don't care anymore about how stressed you are or any anxiety or any physiological impact that 9-11 may have caused. We need you to perform. We have these million dollar deals on the table, billion dollar deals on the table. We need you to sell, we need you to compete. And if you can't compete, guess what? You can easily be replaced. One of the most competitive industries, especially in New York. This is without question. And she wants to compete. And she's a woman in this industry, which I think we all can safely acknowledge and appreciate. It's an added burden. It's an added challenge. But the woman who can overcome that and see herself conquer that industry, I believe that persona, that narrative is very intoxicating. Look at how I stepped up. Look at how I competed in this industry. Look at how I navigated this culture. I am powerful. I am a fighter. And to try to suggest, well, maybe you don't have to fight. Maybe you can use some other qualities that are innate to you. Maybe there's some other perspectives. Maybe there's some other gifts that you can offer in order to really perform in this industry. Maybe that's available. It's less intoxicating. It's almost like giving up. Like, nah, I signed up to be the fighter. I signed up to get punched and be pu- and and to punch back. And once we latch on to that story of growth, it can be very hard to make an adjustment, even though there's a lot of promise in making the adjustment. It's important for Veronica to see how this dominant internal identity is controlling most of the reality of her life. Because the fighter is less interested in homeostasis. The fighter is driven by sympathetic drive, is aggression, tactics, and strategy. Not by settling back and resting and recovery where all of her future potential lies in the ability to allow her body to trend in its natural direction towards homeostasis. If we allow the body to be nurtured internally and externally by healthy ecosystems and behaviors and energy, it will naturally trend towards vitality and homeostasis. If we allow the fighter to continue to dictate trajectory in life, We're not gonna be able to tap into this natural capability inside the body. The complexity is she's the one, nobody else, who can self-realize, wow, I am stressed. I do need to slow down. I am moving too fast. Wow, this is the moment where my body could use some recovery. This is the moment where that specific dialogue and interaction was actually a little bit too much for me. And in that split second, if she uses another perspective, she can start to nurture herself immediately. But if the fighter is present, it's gonna take its punches, take its lumps, get scarred up, get bruised up, and continue on its initial strategy. So we want the fighter to sit down. We want other personas to step up, other innate capabilities to show up and help her navigate the complexities of a very challenging culture, industry, career, professional task. And until she can realize that there's other parts of her necessary for her to really perform at a high level, we will be stuck in a karmic loop. We'll just keep going back to the old short-term success, get beat up, have to recover from that, and just keep banging our head up against the wall. So that's where we are. And the idea is to figure out a way to move forward without fighting against her. She has to accept that. She has to embrace that. It's about you being an expert in your life. It's about you being the champion of your world. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yep. That's the game we play. Nobody can inform you about your situation, about your reality internally, more so than your enlightened being, than your ability to be self-aware, for your ability to have a conversation with the internal fighter, the person that's scared inside, You tell me more about yourself. What other personas exist inside of you?
1: I do have a sweet side. (laughs) I do have a a sweet loving side. Yes, Um, I know. I would say that as a result of not having children of my own, I thought long and hard of how I was going to be at peace with that in my mind. And there's always, you know, adoption and I'm part of an organization called Trekking for Kids. And this organization that came into my life through some very close friends of mine, this very close friend of mine sent me a text and we are about the same age. And and she has a, a child. And she said, there's definitely one way from a perspective shift that you can look at life. Life doesn't give you what you ask for. It gives you the people the places and situations that help you develop what you've asked for, and it's true. And this particular friend of mine introduced me to Trekking for Kids, which is an organization where there's orphanages throughout the world, and we raise money throughout the year, and then we um, we learn based on the projects that they want to implement at the orphanage. Like it could be, for example, solar panels because the children don't have hot water. It could be just you know basic food, clothing helping them with funding, a home for all the children or beds, simple things that, you know, we could all take it for granted, right?
0: Okay, so let's do a quick meditation to help you reflect a little bit. Take your time, there's no rush. How do you see your energy flowing all around you, inside of you? Take your time, share the energetic story.
1: Yeah, so as I think about turning 46 this week, and then thinking what the next few years, how I want them to look like, I also think of the people that I have within my life and the tools that I am adopting. And I continue to see my flow being very strong and robust, but a little bit more focused and clear and not doing everything just to do everything very strategic, having an understanding to myself, not to anybody else. I see myself obtaining more exposure than ever within my career, helping the younger generation develop within finance, encouraging women and supporting and mentoring women as well, helping them build that type of confidence and credibility. I see myself continuing to help children who, you know, may not have that foundation, but will have inspiration for myself and for my circle. I want to really reinvent myself into the woman that I would look up to or that would inspire me. That's who I am.
0: I love it. You are your own best role model. It exists inside of you. This is what I'm hearing.
1: And most importantly, have the peace within myself and letting go of any pain or or regrets.
0: Yeah, we are in the same frequency. I was just about to ask you about the ability to recover from a rough day in a rough industry, rest and relaxation, the ability to have high quality, healthy sleep, the ability to use nutritional strategies. I'm gonna rephrase that word strategy. Strategy has more of a tactical attack, aggressive kind of association to it, is that fair?
1: No, not in my business finance mind. I don't find that aggressive
0: at all. Okay. This is me sustaining an open mind and not a debate. This is adding on to your definition. I'm doing that because I'm not interested in having a conversation with the fighter. I love the fighter. Let the fighter sit and rest and recover and relax. So you can have a beautiful night's sleep tonight. So what I'm saying is, especially when talking about food, or conditioning the body or self-improvement. Not the word strategies for these personal development journeys, but rituals. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, it does sound softer. You're right.
0: I had a coach one time and he used a metaphor about shifting gears and you are riding a bike and you slow down, you shift gears and it helps to create a different type of torque, a different type of power. And in that new gear, you can be more efficient. You can engage in a higher level of performance. How can we allow Veronica to slow down, to unburden? How can we allow her to address toxicity in the psyche and the intelligence based around the typical conversation that might happen within her career, a certain type of engagement that can, we'll say, be very toxic, which essentially means leads to stress, systemic stress. It could be subtle, but the automatic nervous system is tilted to a sympathetic overload. Every cell, trillions of cells stays on the frying pan all the time it never gets to turn off and in those moments her history is to hop on a indoor cycling bike in a class and rock and roll and burn the stress out as a former athlete let's move let's engage in physical activity to burn the stress out karmic loop where i'm relying upon my old mechanisms my old methods to save me especially when i'm scared that I might fail and be seen as the weak person so she wants to fight as opposed to unburdening purifying internal toxicity figuring out a way to embrace a beautiful night's sleep every night for six months that's the measure of success figuring out a way to settle down and change the internal narrative by shifting how she eats by meditating by embracing breathing techniques by essentially retreating from the promise of a fight and opening up the door to a different level of interaction a different negotiation something more attuned to diplomacy what would that look like for her to embrace and expand life in that way in her and still be successful. How open-minded is she to allowing this approach to happen, which is a healing approach, healing to her body, healing to her intellect. So to step back and engage in this new alchemy, this new formula, it's not linear thinking, it's undulating. It's almost like playing chess versus checkers. And she wants to move fast and quick and play checkers and be strategic and step one, step two, and it's limiting. So we want to put that down and start manifesting from an intuitive space and start embracing an intelligence that exists deep inside the body. And it only unleashes when we allow the body to be at its highest levels of vitality and health, which can only happen when there's a beautiful balance and even a lean towards a parasympathetic drive more rest more relaxation digestion a sense of ease no matter what the external environment may bring so that's the complexity that we're facing but i have all the faith in the world that through meditation and deliberate practice and engagement with a community that honors her ability to change how her mind works she'll be able to readjust her mental processing and invite various personas into her framework, into her reality, into the creation of a life well-lived, an expanded existence. These various personas can work together and build something that she cannot do with the fighter working in isolation, working as a lone wolf. My desire is to invite these other aspects of you so that you can expand. And in that expansion, as you invite all the various personas that exist inside of you to participate in your growth, it's not just growth. It's not just an evolution. It's a transcendency. And that's the game that we play. How do we transcend this current life that you're manifesting? How do we go way beyond what we believe is possible? I know you're strong. I know you're competitive but your program is embodied self care. Your program is how do I create night rituals so that I can fall asleep without ambient? but a mind that's so expansive, it can step back and see the grand scheme and see from a universal lens how existence is actually created. So you can see the story very clear and know that you're the creator of that story, what's missing?
1: Well, I definitely would love a partner in life.
0: So you want a life partner?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: The idea of marriage?
1: I've never been uh, the type of person that was just focused on the ideology of, of marriage. It's I'm more focused on that life partner of mm-hmm. your rock mm-hmm. and being there Uh, for each other I love living life and I love adventure I love Mm -hmm. learning curiosity you don't have to do everything with that life partner but I would love to share those moments I feel like a lot of those elements in a partnership are sometimes uh, you know more important than just the ideology of just marriage
0: Mm -hmm. some of my clients that are women in The same industry that you're in, they're the same situation. They are not in a relationship. I'm not trying to say, you know, that there's any kind of pattern there or there's some kind of cause and effect. I guess I'm just trying to say you're not alone. You're not the only one. There is, I don't want to say a cost to pay when you focus on the industry and focus on your profession. I don't want to say that. I I don't think that's fair.
1: I do remember seeing this, actually, this past year where they were, I think it was like in the New York Times or the New Yorker, where they were saying how being single was the trend. (laughs) Okay. And the reason why they were saying this is because they were highlighting the fact that if you're single, then you have more time to dedicate to self-care, dedicate to your health, working out, your hobbies, your circle of friends and your network, right? I guess what I'm saying is that we have a lot of different options now. We also live in a country where we don't have to be married. We don't have to marry the person from an arranged marriage perspective or whatever it is, right?
0: I guarantee you, (laughs) 100% guarantee you, you can find a menu of men that you would be highly attracted to that would be totally on your side in love with you that would love to work out with you love to help you with self-care and, and help you help them with their self-care meditation all in the finance industry who uh, practice yoga who absolutely if you want to talk about a trend that's the trend
1: oh, okay well, then we're gonna have to start a networking party then so I get to know some of these men <laughs>
0: okay so what are your major takeaways from what we we kind of explored who you are we explored some possibilities for the next season the next years coming years what are your major takeaways
1: my major takeaways are that I finally have found myself to be committed to this process which has taken many years for me to get to this point with embracing meditation my, another takeaway is the nutritional factor and how to calm my mind and how important that is. Mm. Because I don't think before I ever was focusing on and dedicating time to calm my mind. I didn't even know that that was critical.
0: Yeah, I'm going to jump in on that because that's I want to be crystal clear on this. Okay. So there's high quality foods. There's a beautiful way to prepare those foods. There's the specific time that I'm eating those foods. There's biochemical individuality. All of that is great, but we can't be watching the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix show while we eat these foods. The autonomic nervous system we talk about all the time. It's foundational. And there's feeding and eating and the power of Not only eating intelligently, meaning healthy, well-prepared foods at the right time, but creating a theme, a theater of feeding, where it's ritualistic. Ritualistic meaning that there's something at a higher level, based on the cadence of this feeding ritual, that taps into somatic intelligence. So not that the body is just receiving very healthy foods, but it's living in a reality It's living in an existence That stimulates mood The beautiful analogy Or a good way to look at this is Somebody looks you in the eyes And they say With a very warm, soothing voice And a gentle touch On the thigh or the hand Or you know something kind and compassionate And they say I love you Without them saying those words I love you which is in this situation, the actual foods being ingested. All the other layers of communication, the eye-to-eye contact, the proper distance, the mindful touching, the tonality of the voice, is saying, I love you. Or is creating the theater, creating the energy that allows the words, I love you, to land deep in a place where it can actually grow into an expansion of life. The meaning of the words I love you are allowed to manifest in their proper intention versus a situation where there's aggression. You can feel it in the skin. There's muscle tension. The face is tensed up. The eye contact is not soft. It's like, I love you so much. It doesn't really land. So we want to use somatic intelligence and the external energy and the theater of ritualistic practices to tap into all the potential of the body. So in the middle of a work day and we come up with a beautiful food strategy, nutritional strategy, it means nothing without the other soothing mechanisms that allow that food to be ingested appropriately. And the beauty of it is it's a part of unburdening. It allows the fighter to rest, it allows for other parts, other personas, to step up and participate in the expansion of life. We wanna sit and be calm and establish essentially an active meditation with foods. So it's a somatic, centering, grounding process with the foods that we eat and when we eat them and how we eat them. Very important. Okay, what else are your other takeaways?
1: On, you know, I think making sure that you're manifesting what you want to create. And it's not just in that moment, but also thinking ahead.
0: Mm. Okay. Awesome. So here's what I invite you to think about as it relates to manifesting what you want to create. Okay. It's not external. You even mentioned it. Who are you becoming? It's internal. Allow all the personas to work together to become the individual that is now manifesting what it is you want to create. So your process is an internal process and then let things emerge from there. And that's why I love how you do volunteer work in different countries and you're talking about being a mentor and you're talking about finding a partner. All of these things are going to allow you to become the individual who will shine her light in her industry who will build the type of life that she wants to build. But again, it's an internal process. And if we're not getting high quality sleep, if we're not engaged Mm -hmm. in food rituals, if we're not in relaxation and recovery and watching this individual perform at the highest levels simply because she can take care of herself at the highest levels. If that's not happening, I don't know if you're gonna integrate all of your potential internally so that you manifest way beyond what you believe that you can manifest. And again, that's transcendency. What else? Any other major takeaways?
1: Being in the moment.
0: (laughs) I love it. Okay. I love it. Thank you. I really appreciate this.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: Something that's very common to not only myself, but the vast majority of the people that I that I work with is thriving at the edge of experience in a very safe and sustainable way. The idea is to push the limit and grow consistently without burning ourselves out, without hurting ourselves, without hurting other people, So instead of a sharp edge, it's a meditative edge that can be highly impactful. People, wow, look at that person perform at the highest levels. Very inspiring, like like look at them go. And to that outside audience, it might seem like there's extreme effort. Wow, she's really working very hard. She's so disciplined. She's so focused. She's so resilient. She's so strong. But yet and still, they don't recognize how calm she is internally. The ability to remain introverted at the edge of life, at the edge of experience. And the key to doing that is a modulated autonomic nervous system. A nervous system that can shoot into a stress reaction and pull itself right back down. The key to establishing a strongly modulated autonomic nervous system, aka the ability to shift personas, is purposely invite yourself to various experiences in various environments, various communities, and allow a sense of excitement, a sense of passion, a sense of joy to emerge and acknowledge, consciously acknowledge the persona who is really embracing this various, this new experience, this nuanced expression of life. Give it a title, give it an outfit, give it a theme, like let it exist, acknowledge it and give it equal partnership, equal rights to sit at the round table and stop playing the game by old rules. I am Esco Wilson and you've been listening to the Self-Awakened Lifestyle. You can find out more about me at selfawakenedlifestyle.com. I'd like to thank Veronica for coming to the show today. The Self-Awakened Lifestyle is part of the Mercy FM podcast network, which also includes shows like Soul Savvy Business and Just Between Coaches. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb, Melissa Deal assembled the episode, Danny Eney is our executive producer, and Post Production was by Post Office Sound. So you don't miss upcoming episodes, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.